<laughs> well, I love you too. Thank you. Thank you. I love you too. If you love Jesus, say I do. If you believe that he is king and lord, say he reigns. Amen. Well, uh, it takes a lot of work to pull off the Desperation Conference, and I want to have uh, a huge applause and invite these people to the stage. Would you give it up for DLA? Come on up, guys. Run on up. Come on up here. Come on all the way up. Come on all the way up. Up here. Keep coming, here they come. Yeah. Come on, everybody. <laughs> All right. Okay, stretch out your hands to them. Stretch out your hands. We're going to pray for them. Stretch out your hands over DLA. We're just going to thank God for these guys. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for these young leaders that are going to make a measurable dent in the planet as they declare the excellencies of Jesus all over the world. Father, we pray, Lord God, that you would bless them for their labor, that you would strengthen them. We pray, Lord God, that they would continue to grow in love for God, in prayer, in righteousness and holiness, and would they fulfill the calling of God that you have on their lives. Thank you for DLA in Jesus' name. And everybody gave them a huge hand again. Here we go. Thanks, guys. Be seated. Good job. All right, Psalm chapter 24. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Psalm 24. Psalm chapter 24, verse 3. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is false, he will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God, his Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob. Father, we love your presence. Father, we want to be close to you. We want to ascend the hill of the Lord. We want to stand with God. We want to be a part of a generation, comrades, linking arms that know God. We pray that you would grant us endurance and strength for the long haul. May this event not be just a moment of enthusiasm, but Lord Jesus, may it be an accelerator as we finish the race, as we fight the good fight. May each one of us end our days in love with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I, uh, I grew up uh, as a pastor's son. I grew up, um, I was actually a, a triplet 
which means I was born with two other people. They happened to be girls. So it was David, Dana, and Deborah. So I was born in a litter. And um, uh, my, which, which was difficult for me because it meant I didn't have all of the space uh, in my mother's stomach to, to grow taller. Um, however, I'm quite confident both of my two sisters are over five feet tall. And so if I would have had that space to myself, I would have been at least 15 feet tall, um, if not taller. But I grew up with these with these two girls and my, uh, my dad used to take us sledding. And so uh, that was one of the fun things that we got to do. And we'd go and we'd actually get on inner tubes and he would, he, would, he would lay down flat and then all three of us would just lay on top like that. And then the four of, you know, four laying on top of each other would go down, you know, sliding down the hill and, uh, and get to the bottom. And my dad loves to tell the story. My dad's a pastor and he loves to tell the story about the responses of his three children and how they looked at the hill, how they looked at the hill that they had to climb and their response to the, to the, to the big hill. And the, the first response was my sister, Deborah. Now, I'm eight minutes more mature than my sister, Deborah. I was born eight minutes before her, and I'm four minutes wiser than Dana, who's four minutes younger than me. And so uh, she's four minutes, and then Deborah's eight minutes. And so Deborah was uh, the one who, when she, when she would get to the bottom of the hill and it looked back up at the high hill and how far she had to go, she would go up maybe 10, 15, 20 steps, and then she'd just decide it's just... It's just too hard. And so she'd, you know, wearing sledding pants, she'd get down and she'd sit down and she'd just stay at the bottom of the hill and she'd just slide back down. She'd go up a little bit, look at how far she had to go and just slide back down. And so she just, she just would stay at the bottom of the hill. And though she's an incredible person, and I hope she never hears this uh, illustration tonight, uh, tonight I'm going to call her a quitter. Yeah. And then you had the extremely handsome, mature man of God. Uh, and... He, he, was, uh, he was the kid that would look up at the hill and look how far, you know, have to go and decide, I, I don't want to just go a little ways, but I'd go up about halfway and, and then look at how, be totally tired. I mean, you know, totally beat, like this is a long way to go up and I'd just stop halfway and, and I'd just sit there. I'd just sit down. I'm just done. I wouldn't slide down and enjoy kind of, you know, sliding down like Deborah and I didn't keep hiking, keep going up. I'd just stop right there. Boom. So I'm going to call David tonight a camper, just hanging out right there. And then Dana, she's kind of the darling. My father called her angel. Uh, she does everything right. She always has. And uh, she's kind of the little darling. And Dana, the story goes, would get closer and closer and closer, keep hiking, keep hiking. And my father would always tell the story when I was growing up that he could hear Dana as a four-year-old or a five-year-old saying, as she got closer and closer to the top of the hill, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. And so Dana would continue to keep going no matter what, keep hiking, and keep moving forward. And tonight, I'm gonna call her an ascender, one who just kept going, someone who just kept hiking. And I think this kind of, this kind of demonstrates where a lot of us are as we leave here. Not just right now, because right now there's enthusiasm and there's excitement. And you got, you know, John Egan, you know, singing songs, oh, 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 you know, going after it. And you've got Carrie Job, you know, singing. And you've got, and we're, we're all here together and there's, it's exciting. But the big test is where we're going to go over the weeks and the months and the future and the years to come. And I, I, I see kind of that story as kind of three different places where many in this room will end up. 
Some of you guys, you're going you're gonna to be right here and you're going to be singing, Yahweh, Yahweh. And you're going, I'm giving everything to God. I love you, God. And you're going to go for it. And yet, if the statistics are true of what we've seen over the last decade, many of you, instead of ascending the hill of the Lord, instead of going, I want to know God, I'm going to move forward in my pursuit of God. And that's what ascending the hill means. That's what this is. This verse here in Psalm 24 is saying, who can stand in his holy place? Who can ascend the hill of the Lord? He who has clean hands and a pure heart does not lift up his soul to an idol. The whole idea is who can be with God? Who can know God? Who can walk with God? And tonight I want to use the imagery of a hill in your own pursuit of God, in your own relationship with God, as you leave here for years and decades to come, will you continue to ascend that hill, to move forward, to keep going? Or will you quit? Will you camp? You know, all around us, we see it. There's quitters. And here's the way that a quitter thinks. A quitter, they, they, they're done. They're like, they start the mountain, they start hiking up the hill, and then they just, they go back, they go back to the car. They're done. It's too hard. They get going up a, a ways, and they, they start off well, and it looks exciting, and they see other people that, you know, are excited. So just like they're excited, they want to be excited, and they go, I'm going to, I'll do it. I'll go for it. But then they start to love all the pleasures of this life, and they Fill their lives with hobbies. They want to do a whole lot of things. So they go, I'll just go back to the car. I'm going to quit. It's too hard. Y'all hike it. Y'all go for it. I'm going to go back. I'm going to wait for you in the car. They sit back. And while, while they watch their friends go, they watch other people. You go ahead. You know God. Maybe you could write a book or maybe you could preach a sermon or maybe you could do something for God. But I got a lot of things in my own life that... I don't, I don't know that I, I have the determination to keep going. And so they quit. They go back to the car and they just wait. Their mentality is, well, maybe there's, a, maybe there's something theologically that they use a theological argument to justify their lethargy. After all, there's a whole lot of people that have a whole lot of opinions. And so I'm going to use some intellectual argument to justify living for myself. And I'm going to quit. I'm going to give up on God. Sometimes it's just that there's so many pleasures on the planet. There's so many different things and they want to go fill their life with perpetual recreation, perpetual entertainment. And all the entertainment and all the hobbies and all the recreation just slowly shuts God out. I'm quitting. I'm giving up on the pursuit of God thing. And they don't necessarily, you know, look at you and face to face. It's not necessarily where you, you kind of go, yeah, you know, verbally, I don't want in. But slowly over time, your life demonstrates that you've quit in the pursuit of knowing God. And I'm not even talking tonight about being lost. I'm not talking about giving up on the faith. I'm just talking about you give up when it says in Hebrews eleven six that he rewards those who diligently seek him. You just give up on diligence. You just, you just give up on the whole thing. It's too hard. It's too tough. I'm already sweating and the, the backpack's too big. The, the day's so hot. I'm going to go back. I'm going to live my life in chill mode. Go to a couple movies a week. Do what I want to do. I'll still go to church and stuff, but I'm really living for me. As far as my own interior resolution to know God, I quit on that. 
I'm telling you, this is where so many of us live. And we don't want to say it because in, in an environment like this, we want to be passionate. We want to be someone that goes hard after God. But when it's just you and God, when it's just you and Jesus, you know you're back at the Jeep. It's just, just, it's so easy to give up. And maybe right now there's enthusiasm, but weeks are gonna turn to months and turn to years and years to decades. It's gonna be easy to just go, I'm gonna quit. Ascend the hill of the Lord, stand in his holy place. He was clean hands and a pure heart. It's work, man. I live in a corrupt generation. Friends, in our culture, we have quitters all around us, even in church culture. In church culture, we have people, they have a form of godliness, but they have no power. They, they do a lot of rituals that look godly. But when you get down to their heart, they haven't spent time with Jesus. They don't know Jesus. They're not disciples. They're just marinating on the planet. Got a little bit of religious culture in them. That's not what will change the world. People that are close to Jesus. If you look at Jesus, Jesus brought disciples along close to him. He wanted to spend time with them. That's how we start to move forward. I want to ascend the hell of the Lord. It's easy to be a quitter. Not just quitters. Sometimes you're not like Deborah. Maybe you're more like David. You don't want to give up and, you know, kind of do, go into, you know, perpetual hobbies and stuff like that. But you just want to, you just want to stop. You don't want to give up. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to give in to doing lots of worldly stuff. But man, it's really, really hard to continue to hike every day, to ascend every day. I mean, that's, that's getting up early and spending time with God. And that's, that's meaning crucifying my flesh. That means being transformed. That means perpetual surrender. So it's not that I don't love God because campers really love God. They really do. At their core, they would say, first commandment is first place in my life. I love God. But when it comes to actually getting up day after day and moving forward in their faith, it's just too hard. So these, and these kinds of people, campers, everybody loves a camper. Because a camper a camper's loved by everybody because in the church world, they look like they're doing great. They sing songs. They come to church. Everybody loves the camper at church. And they're fine in the world. There's nothing about their life that causes conviction and sacrifice. Worldly people just think they're just normal people. There's nothing about them that necessarily causes the world to be intimidated by them or frustrated by them. Everybody loves the happy-go-lucky camper. Sweet, smiley camper. Not pursuing the world, not giving up on God, but not in desperate pursuit. Just camping out, chilling, hanging, sleeping in, addicted to entertainment, just here. Not quitting, still going for God in my heart, but not sacrifice taking new adventures, asking God, what else do you want me to do? God, not the question of a camper is not how close can I be to you? Camper is God, what do I have to do for you to still like me? I want to get in. It's easy to live right here. 
I don't want to lose the ground that I've already taken. And I'm not quitting. I'm not going back to the Jeep. But ascending? It's hard. A lot of us live here. And yet, the call of God on our lives is uncomfortable. The call of God that he's put on your life is to ascend. Is to keep going. No matter what. If you do this, four years, 10 years, 20 years, you go, I'm going to keep moving forward. I think I can. I think I can. I'm going to ascend the hill of the Lord. I'm going to stand in his holy place. Your flesh is going to be crucified. You're going to, you're, you're, if, you, if you go, I want to be close to God, it's going to require sacrifice. And yet you and I know that the only place, the only way to live is to end up at the top where you are walking with God and you know him. You've tasted and seen that he's good. You've spent time with him and you've walked with him. Tonight, my challenge for us is that we would ascend the hill of the Lord, that you and I would stand in his holy place, that we would be the ones with clean hands and a pure heart that know God. How do I be an ascender? Well, there's a, there's a whole lot of ways, but I, I wanna talk tonight on the first core value of the vow that you took this morning. I wanna talk about passion. I wanna talk about how to maintain passion. How do you make it? How do you sustain it? How do you remain an ascender? So I wanna give you a few marks of an ascender. First one is this. Ascenders make a plan to spend time with God. Ascenders make a plan that they're gonna spend time, actual time, with God. 2005, I, w- I found myself in the Miami airport. Renata and I were going on vacation and we showed up at the airport and our son Dawson was a baby. And we got there and I, uh, we got off the airplane and we're standing there in the terminal and I look over and I about went into shock because right in front of me was the Oklahoma Sooner football team who had just lost the night before to USC. And, um, and, uh, so we had, they, had just, they had just lost the national championship the night before in the Orange Bowl. And lo and behold, there they were in the airport. And so I looked at Renata because I saw off in the distance their head coach, Bob Stoops. And I saw him standing there and it was just like something inside me went, Ugh. and so I said, Renata, I go, I go babe, I, I, I need to go meet uh, Bob Stoops. And she was like, you gotta be kidding. And I was like, no, babe, I, I really, I really wanna meet him. And she was like, babe, he's on his cell phone. And I was, and first she was like, who's Bob Stoops? And I was like, oh, all right. He's the coach of what? That's, this is OU, what? And I was like, nah. Um, so she's pushing this little stroller and, 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 and I was like, can I, I'm, I'm just gonna, can you wait just a second? I'm gonna go over there and I'm gonna talk to him. And, and she, being as kind as she is, she said, sure. And so I, I walked over to Coach Stoops and he's standing there and, he, and uh, he's on his cell phone. And so I just kind of politely wait. And I don't know exactly how I expected this to go. But in my head, I just, it was, it was epic, you know? In my head, it was gonna be awesome. I mean, I, I mean, in my head, I, I know that I don't really know him, but in my mind, we've got some, I mean, surely, I mean, I'm a fan, you know, surely he would, might even reciprocate excitement to meet me, you know, a little bit, because I mean, 
I know a lot about him. I mean, I mean, I'm thinking. I mean, I, I know his wife's name's Carol, and I know that he's got two brothers that are coaches named Mark and Mike, and I, I know that he used to coach at Florida, you know, at Florida, and I know, you know, that he, he used to work for Spurrier, and I just, I know a lot about him. I mean, I've, I've, I've seen him on television a lot, and I've read about him, and I just, I, in my head, it's kind of, it's kind of like I know him. I mean, I w- you could ask me, do you know him? And I'd say, no. But inside of me, I, 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 anticipated meeting, meet, I anticipated that meeting him would be awesome. And so I, I waited patiently for about nine or 10 minutes, just standing there like this, just, you know, kind of cool. got my wife and my little boy waiting for me and finally gets off the phone. And so I stick out my hand. And I'm like, good job, Coach Stoops. You're a great coach. We'll get him next year. And I, I just had this expectation that he was going to be like, who are you, man? What's up? How you doing, man? Instead, he reached out his hand. He patted me on the head. (laughs) And he said, thanks, son. (laughs) I said, son? I'm in my 30s. I got a kid. Son, I felt like I was 14. And it's, it's like in my it's like in my brain, man. I I knew that I didn't that I didn't know him, but I mean I was I was so familiar with him. I mean, I was familiar, I knew a lot of stats about him. I've been around people that have been around him. I mean, we wore garments, we wore shirts that celebrated his successes. And so even though I I didn't necessarily know him. I'd been around a culture that celebrated him a lot. And yet the face-to-face encounter was not that great. For many of us, we're around a culture. We've got Christian t-shirts. I mean, we, we sing the songs about Jesus. We talk about Jesus. We got, the, we, got the, we got the worship songs. We got sermons. We've got big buildings. We've got bumper stickers. We've got Christian radio. We've got preaching vegetables. We've got it all. We've got all this stuff that celebrates Jesus. I mean, we, 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 we talk about him. We've done Bible studies. We know curriculum. I mean, we've got a lot. We can even quote some verses. And we got a lot of Jesus culture going around. We know a lot of stuff about, but when it comes to face to face, I'm talking you beholding the God of the ages and you're face to face with Jesus. How much do you really know him? Is it really real? Or are you living in the leftovers of what other people sing about or what other people know about or what other people write about or what, other, what, 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 what raps or what songs other people do? Maybe what your youth pastor says. Maybe it's the big event at your church. Maybe it's this conference. And because you're around all these things, you don't realize it. But you're around a culture, you're around an environment that celebrates Jesus. But that's entirely different than knowing the man Jesus. That's entirely different. When I talked to him face to face, we had zero relationship. Boop, boop, that's it. And moving on. I'd spent a lot of time celebrating his football team. No relationship. Zero. Friends, you and I have but 70 years, maybe 80. Our life's but a mere breath. Psalm 90 says, 
70 years, maybe 80. Psalm of Moses, it's short. Our life is brief. And it's in those years that we make the choices on if we're going to know God, if we're going to spend time with Him, if we're going to walk with Him, if we're going to know Him. You're making choices. And the, the commitment, the, way, the vow that we made this morning is I'm going to commit, I'm going to spend time with God. And I want to challenge you tonight. If you take, I want you to take away this. If you're going to be an ascender, how do you be a sender? Spend time with Jesus. Spend time with God. You tend to make a plan for the things you care about. Whatever you care about, you make a plan for. If you care about being a great athlete, you make a plan on how to accomplish that. If you care a lot about going out with your friends, you'll be texting on your, you know, on the phone, on Facebook, figuring out a way how to make a plan to go out tonight with my friends. Whatever you care about, you tend to make a plan to accomplish your goal. If your goal is, I want to know God. I want to ascend the hill of the Lord. I want to stand in his holy place. I want to know God. I want to walk with him. If that's your goal, make a plan. The way that Jesus made disciples was not primarily, hey guys, read this curriculum, read this book, do this thing, go do this behavior modification. No, the way that Jesus made disciples was he spent time with them. The secret to becoming a disciple of Jesus is time in his presence with God. You want to be a disciple? You want to know God? Be with him. Make a plan. Figure out a way. I'm not a super, I'm not, I'm not a very good uh, morning person, but I want, I, it's my commitment to be with God. So I, 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 like for me, here's, here's my, I mean, I, I know many of you guys are, lot, are probably like this. Many of you may not be, but for me, I want to, you know, get up early, but here's what happens to me. I'm sleeping and the alarm clock goes off. And you know what's going on is it's like, We've heard, I mean, perpetually tonight, we even heard about God delighting in us and God loving us. I imagine God, you know, he's, he's leaning over the balcony of heaven and he's looking at you and he's excited. He loves you. He's excited. He's like, there's my boy, David. He's getting up. He's going to spend time with me. He's getting up early. He's going to get up early to spend time with me. And you know how this goes. You know this number. It's like you're sleeping. The alarm clock goes off. I mean, it's, it's ready for the encounter with God. And all of a sudden, the eh, 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 and that is your moment right there. That's the moment where you decide, what am I going to do? It's your choice right there. And the, here's what I always do. I, my temptation, what I always do is just, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> Listen, demons exist in snooze buttons. I'm not joking. Every snooze button is demonic. It's true. It's true. I just want to... So, so my plan... I, 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 I started to get so frustrated at my, my snooze problem that I've got a friend... I've got a friend that texts me every morning to make sure I'm up. It's dead serious. And he's a man of God. And, he, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm, 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 I, I hate this about myself, but this is where I'm at. So I'm going to get violent about it. I want you to... I want, will you text me every day? 
He texts me every, he's in a different time zone. So it's easier for him. <laughs> and he texts me every day to make sure that I'm up to be with God. Why do I tell you that? Because that sounds like such a goofy plan. That sounds like a pathetic plan, but you know what? It's what I need. It's what, it's what works for me. What works for you? How, 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 can you make a plan for you to be with Jesus? For you to spend time with God? Real time, you and God, you and Jesus. I'm telling you, that's the secret to ascending. You spend time with God, you start to love the one that you spend time with. You start to, even when we sing some of these songs, sometimes they seem kind of syrupy and sweet. And you're kind of like, what are we singing about? You know? And then you look over and you see someone and they've got tears in their eyes and worship. And they're, you know, lost in a song going, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And you're looking at them going, they're weird. <laughs> What's with that person? And that's a guy singing that. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. What's with that dude? One person is standing there cynical. The other person is looking at the one that they've spent hours with. The one that they have sacrificed everything for. The one that they've gave up on their own personal vision for life in order to just stay in step with the Holy Spirit and walk with Jesus. And they've given up everything. So when they're singing, I love you, I love you, I love you, it's a statement of going, I'm with you. It's just you and me because I've given up everything else and you're worth it. A.W. Tozer says that the way to grow close to God is to develop an addiction to God. An addiction. Imagine if you weren't addicted to we, but you were addicted to God. Imagine if you weren't addicted to Facebook, but you were addicted to God. Imagine if you weren't addicted to Facebook, you were addicted to being on your face before God. I'm just saying, it's possible. But you're making choices. You're making choices on how. You're making choices every day if you're gonna be close to God. And it's not, I'm telling you, I love these moments. These moments where we come together, we sing and we worship. I love these moments. These are fun moments. That's why we work so hard to do them because there's no doubt about it. There are encounters with God, with all of us together, championing, going after God. But your growth in God takes place day to day, not summer to summer at desperation. It's not week to week, not Wednesday night to Wednesday night. It's day to day, spending time with God. All I'm telling you, the secret to ascending, the secret to, getting, to climbing the mountain of God, ascending the hill of the Lord to being an ascender, the secret. Get along with God. Spend time with Him. Get to know Him. Walk with Him. Second one, second mark of an ascender. Ascenders listen for God's voice. They love His voice. I was, uh, I know this is funny that I'm telling two airport stories, but I'm going to. I, I was in the Atlanta airport. <laughs> Sorry for the consistency in stories. But I was, I, was, I, was, I was in the Atlanta airport and I was standing in um, security. It was a super, super long line. And I'm standing there uh, just, you know, doing my deal, going through the line. And uh, all of a sudden, I hear a voice behind me. And it's quite a ways back. 
But I, I think to myself, I know that voice. I, I, I know that. And I turn around and I look and I see nobody that I know. And I'm like, I'm an idiot. I'm going crazy. I'm psychotic. I'm, I'm schizophrenic. You know, I'm just, I'm nuts. I'm just, what, what personality's coming out? I'm looking for a friend. You know, I'm just lonely. What's my problem? So I'm standing there and, and I'm just like, uh, I know I know that voice. I turn around again. I don't see anybody that I know. But that, I know, I know that guy's voice. I know, who is that? I know. And then I just start thinking, okay, okay I'm just going to listen to his voice. Try to, I go, oh, I know who that is. That's, that's one of the preachers. I'm, I'm addicted to podcasting. I listen to sermons all the time. So I, there's a park right by my house. And so I like to run around the park. Let me just say that again, because I'm so proud of that. I like to run around the park. And uh, yeah, yeah thank, you. thank you. And so, and so both times that that's happened, uh, no, I was kidding. So I like, but, but while I'm running, I, 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 like to, I like to listen to sermons. And so I don't know any music. I, I don't know, you know, I don't know the, the famous music songs very well, but I, I'm into preachers. I know preachers. I know, I know guys are preachers. And, and I've got like about 10 different guys that I listen to. But one of them, I go, that's, that's Timothy Keller. I, I know that preacher. I, I've been listening to that preacher. I, I know that voice. But here's the deal. I just downloaded him on iTunes. I've never seen a picture of him. Even the picture is a picture of his church's logo. And that's all I know. I know the church's logo. I've never even seen the guy's face. So I turn around and I, I cannot see, you know, I can't see, I don't know, I don't know the guy's face, but I look over and I just, I, then I see it. I see the, you know, the guy who's talking, the, the voice that I recognize and the guy. So I'm just like, you're not probably not surprised. I got to meet this guy. <laughs> and so... I, so I start telling the people in the security line, I'm like, you can go ahead. And they all look at me like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, go ahead. And then I'll, suddenly I'm, you know, suspect by all people. Security is, what's, what's wrong with this guy? I'm like, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And it gets to where, you know, Timothy Keller is walking up. And I'm pretty confident, you know, I'm like absolutely confident that this is the guy. I mean, I know this guy's voice. And so then I just step in like this, just kind of, you know, nonchalantly and kind of, and, and I turn around and I look up at this gargantuan man. I mean, huge. He was 5'10", 5'11". <laughs> and, <laughs> that's, that's huge to me. And so <laughs> I look up at him and I'm like, uh, Timothy Keller? He's like, Yes, I am. And uh, we had a great conversation. We talked about the Lord. We talked about church. And it was really great. And it was super great. And uh, but, but here's, here's the thing. Here's the reason why I tell you that story. I, I had no idea what he looked like. But I had spent a lot of time listening to his voice. I spent lots of time listening. And in the moment, I could recognize his voice. In John 10, Jesus says, my sheep know me. They hear my voice. We get the privilege of listening to God. And if you'll spend time with him, one of the things that starts to happen after you spend time with God, you start to recognize him talking. You start to recognize his voice. 
And the place that I, I like the best, the place that I think we hear him the most is in the scriptures. One of the ways you wanna hear the voice of God is get addicted to the scriptures. We prayed yesterday in the afternoon session that God would give us a spirit of revelation, that we would love the word of God. Start studying the word of God. Spend time, actual time with God in the word of God. You'll watch. If you'll start, if you'll, if you'll start reading the scriptures, loving the scriptures, devouring the scriptures, I mean, where you just love this thing, like this is, this is your friend. You'll start to hear the voice of God more because you'll hear it in the scriptures. God will begin to speak to you through the scriptures. Sometimes you think of this and you go, oh, I don't know. No, no, listen, this is a gift from God. And if you'll start to study it, pray it. One of the things we do in our furnace prayer room is we just, we just pray the scriptures. And when we, what we find is when we pray the scriptures, we're activating them. So it's not like a studious studying. It's like a reading them and then praying them back to God. And what happens is as you begin to do that, it becomes a conversation with a person rather than just reading, rather than just information. The key is you want relationship more than anything. Information's good, but more than anything, you want relationship. And so you just start to pray through the word of God, pray through it. So you take a, ver- you take a verse and you pray something that Jesus says. So I opened up right here to John 17, okay? I mean, this is, there's no bookmark. This is just where it opened up, all right? John 17, you take it. Righteous fathers, Jesus praying. The, the world has not known you, but I have known you. And these uh, have known that you sent me. And I have declared to you them your name and will, to, can, can, and will declare it that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. So that's Jesus' prayer. You just take that and you make that, okay, I'm gonna pray that back to God. God, that love that Jesus is talking about, he's talking about me loving Jesus. Me loving Jesus, the way that the Father loves Jesus. And so you turn that into a prayer. God, I want to love Jesus that way. God, help me to love that. And then John 17, 26, isn't just something that you're reading, but it's dialogue that you've had with God. You mark it up, you get highlighters out. I mean, you start writing stuff in it. You start to get snot stains in your Bible because you're crying over it and you're weeping and God's speaking to you. The secret to loving the scriptures is that it becomes this relationship that's real, that's powerful. And you'll start to love the scripture if you'll pray it. Sometimes we love culture so much. We don't realize it, but we're, we've, we're, we've stopped. We've stopped pursuing God when it comes to the scriptures and ascending the hill. Instead, we're just fascinated with all the things that the world has. And we still love God. Campers usually can quote more movie lines than they can scripture. Campers usually are on Facebook more than they're in the scripture. But ascenders, ascenders can't get enough. Ascenders can't get enough of the word of God. Ascenders know that this is life to my bones. This is what I want. Spend time in the scriptures. Listen to God through the scriptures. Another way to hear the voice of God is through other people. Oftentimes the Lord will speak to you through someone else. Even this afternoon, when I came up here in the session just before this one, I had different people that came up and gave different words and they were just, they were just speaking what God was saying. 
If you'll be listening, men of God, will, women of God will speak and you'll hear and it'll come alive inside of you. It probably happened to you multiple times this weekend. Maybe it's Mark Batterson or Chris Durso or, you know, Matthew Barnett or Dan Perkins or one of the guys, you know, is speaking. Pastor Brady looks at you and he's speaking on prayer and something resonates. Something goes, ooh, and it's just a, it's a line or it's a statement or it's a verse and it just hits you, just comes alive. Oftentimes that's the Holy Spirit and God speaking to you. Ascenders are listening. Their ears are open. They're spending time with God and then all day long they're listening. You listen through the scriptures and you listen to, through other people. I remember when I was a senior in high school, I was a senior in high school, I was sitting at a bagel shop with my dad. We were talking about what to do with my life. <laughs> and I had a stack of college applications about just huge, just a big old stack and we were just looking through them. And I just, I remember he made this statement. He goes, you know, we were, we got so much academic stuff we're kind of looking through. And he goes, David, maybe you're not supposed to choose which college to go to based upon the academics, but maybe it's mostly about the community of faith that God wants you to be a part of. Now, I don't think that that's necessarily a true philosophy for every individual, but it was right for me. When he said that, I mean, something in my heart, I was just turned 18 and something just leapt inside of me. I just, ooh, it was just... Pow! It was just, I knew it was God. And I made my choice on where I was gonna go the next year based upon that statement because I just knew that God was speaking. And sometimes the Lord will use someone else and they'll say something and it just, it's like it just resonates. It's just like everything else kind of goes fuzzy and dull and that's just like, ah, right there. It's loud, it's real. God wants to speak to you through others. Last one is this, you gotta listen but God loves to speak just through, to you personally, just through prophetic whispers. Just God speaking to you. I wanna read out of 1 Kings. It's a famous story. It's the, the story of Elijah. Let me just read it real quickly. 1 Kings 19, verse 11. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. God was in the whisper. Most of the time, we want the big epic thing. We want God to speak to us in a big dramatic way. But God's speaking to you in just a small, just a whisper. And you gotta step out in faith and it's so hard because it's so hard to risk so much. Risk your life, risk so many, just upon a little whisper. But as you walk with God, your confidence that it's him speaking grows stronger and stronger. Listen, God wants to speak. God doesn't have a talking problem. We have a listening problem. God's a talker. He's a speaker. He wants to talk to you, but we gotta listen. We gotta push out. And guys, you're living in a culture right now, your generation, there is more things at your fingertips in terms of from, from entertainment to social media to, I mean, everything around. No generation in history has had as many distractions as you do. And so it will be a challenge for you to push out other things to make space to be with Jesus, to spend time with him. 
to hear his voice, to listen to him, to walk with him. Last mark of an ascender is they never give up. Never give up. Listen, this journey with Jesus is long. <laughs> Life with God, it's a long journey in the sense that we got day after day after day and the temptation for you will be to give up, slow down. We wanna be people. We go, I'm gonna send the hill of the Lord. I'm not gonna give up. I'm gonna know God. And no matter what, nothing, nothing's gonna keep me from ascending. There's no way I'm going back to camp. I'm not stopping at camp. No way, no way. I'm gonna get up with a resolution in my heart. I'm gonna know God today. And if you'll start to think in terms of one day at a time, one day, today, today I'm gonna know God in the present tense. That's Paul's epic statement, Philippians 3. Whatever was to my gain, I consider loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus. I want to know Christ, the power of his resurrection. Paul's sitting in a prison cell. He's not saying, I used to know Jesus or I met Jesus. He's saying today. I've already, I mean, Jesus has already appeared to him on the road to Damascus, Acts chapter nine. Jesus has already appeared to him. Jesus is already face to face. I mean, it says, it says that Jesus appeared to him brighter than the sun. That's, I mean, Jesus appeared to him, pretty big deal. He went blind. He's not talking about remembering the day that I met Jesus. He's saying, today, I wanna know Jesus. I wanna know God today. And that's your choice, day after day. I'm gonna ascend the hill of the Lord. I'm gonna stand in his holy place. And there are days that it's just resolution. I know lots of people say, oh, it's, it, it, do this and this and it gets easy. You know what? I think we have hard days and easy days. There are definitely days where it is straight up. I am sacrificing I'm surrendering to God, but I'm moving forward. I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. I'm not giving up. I'm not going back to camp. I'm not going back to the Jeep. But imagine the day that you ascend the hill of the Lord. I mean, imagine, there you are. You're 50, almost dead. You're 70. You got a foot in the grave. 80, barely breathing. <laughs> and then the moment that you meet Jesus. Imagine if you spend your whole life, I'm gonna ascend the hill of the Lord, I'm gonna stand in his holy place. I'm gonna know God, I'm gonna walk with God. I'm gonna be a friend of God, I'm gonna seek God. And you actually spend your life as a in pursuit, desperate pursuit of knowing God and you meet him. I just want you to picture the moment that you meet Jesus face to face. There it is. You meet him. You know, we read the story. Jesus talks, you know, sheep and the goats. Well done, good and faithful servant. And, you know, he's got the goats, he's got the sheep. He's looking at servants. Jesus' parables are always talking about that moment. And that moment is coming for all of us. Imagine what it's gonna be for you. Can you imagine the moment? There it is. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. Away from me, I never knew you. Away from me, I never knew you. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. Yeah, I know, the cross was good. Yeah, grace is real. By the hair of your chinny chin chin. Yeah, good, all right. right. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. Away from me, I never knew you. Away from me, I never knew you. Well done, good and faithful servant. Ah! Brandon Cormier, my boy, you knew me. What's up, my boy? Hug him. What's 
up. I love you. Man, you knew me. We walked together. We were friends. You know. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine the day where God looks at you and you know him and it's not, it's, you see him and you've encountered him, you walk with him and it's a celebration because he sees you. You see him and you're like, what's up? It's my God. And he's like, what's up? It's my boy. Because you know each other because it's real. I mean, imagine if on judgment day you get a smile. Ha! Woo! Oh yeah, I'm thankful for the cross and because of the finished work of Jesus on the cross, I get in and on top of that, I spent 70 years getting to know God and we know each other. Woo! I sit in the hill of the Lord. I stood in this holy place. I know God. There's no greater thrill that you have in your life than getting to know God and you'll make choices over the next weeks and months and years on decades if you're going to know him. And my plea with you tonight is this, get to know God. Ascend the hill of the Lord. Stand in his holy place. Walk with God all the days of your life and know him. Choose. I'm not going to give up. When people mock you, when people make fun of you, when it's hard to get up and out of bed, you ascend. You ascend and you refuse to camp and you refuse to quit. Sin the hell of the Lord. Let's stand. If you're an ascender, I want you to run to the front. Run quickly. If you choose to be an ascender, run to the front. I like this. This is the loudest altar call I have ever heard in my entire life. There's a lot of ascenders in the room. That's actually a great visual. Get rid of the camping. Raise your hands with me and repeat this prayer. King Jesus, I want to know you. I want to walk with you all the days of my life. I want to spend time with you. I want to know you. I commit tonight to spend time with you, to listen to your voice. I will ascend the hill. I will know God. No one can stop me. Nothing can stop me. I am yours. I am yours. You are mine. You are mine. I'm coming after you. Coming after you. I'm giving you everything. Giving you everything. I, love you, I love you, Jesus. And everyone said amen. 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 amen.